because your word is powerful. Your word is yea and amen. Your word can go to the deepest part of our hearts. Your word can do surgical operation. Your word can cause those things that are not to appear. Your word can heal. Your word can restore. Your word has creative power. Lord, I ask that your word will come in its power today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I'm going to do a, a, a brief recap of uh, what we've been talking about. This is our third Sunday for our message series that we started uh, two weeks ago. So I'm going to do a brief re- recap and we're going to go into the word today. Amen. We've been talking about the necessity of the renewed mind. Why a renewed mind is necessary. We said we cannot enjoy prosperity unless we have a renewed mind. All right? All round prosperity that God promised us must be preceded by prosperity of our mind. Prosperity of our mind means renewal of our mind. And we said in the first week that a renewed mind is necessary to be able to translate God into our experience. The part of our being that is responsible for translating God, if God is speaking to us, transferring information to us, the part of us that is responsible for translating that into actionable experience is our mind. And that is why we need a renewed mind. Hallelujah. An unrenewed mind, we mistranslate God. Or we cause things that God is trying to speak to us to be mistranslated. Because God has a different language. It's a language of faith. It's a language of the Spirit. Right? That what God is saying must be translated to what we as humans can respond to. Otherwise, we'll respond incorrectly. Hallelujah. And that is why we need a renewed mind. Because an unrenewed mind will really, really cause us, cause what God is saying to be lost. It will not be useful. So only a renewed mind can properly translate God. Hallelujah. So I was recapping a scripture came to me that I thought is very, very powerful. First John 5, 3. First John 5, 3 says, in fact, this is love for God to keep his command. And his command are not burdensome. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God's command are not burdensome. You're reading King James Version, he said they are not grievous. Only a renewed mind can agree with it. You know that? An unrenewed mind is hard for an unrenewed mind, actually impossible for an unrenewed mind to see God's command as not burdensome. An unrenewed mind will see everything God is saying as hard work, 
as difficult. You know, as very, 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 you know, just just something that is so, you know, involves a lot of hard work I may not, and I may not get anything for. That's an unrenewal. So, John is trying to tell us here, look, God's commands are not burdensome. God's intent is not to create a burden for us. In fact, God's intent is to help us. Is to help us to be the best we were designed to be. Don't forget, he created us. So he has the manual for our lives. He has what it takes to live a fulfilled life, a prosperous life, and an eternal life. He has it. And he has given us those instructions in his word. But because our mind is unrenewed, we see this differently. So we struggle a lot. Someone with an unrenewed mind will struggle. Struggle with accepting what God is saying. Struggle with instructions from God. We struggle. We see God. In fact, an unrenewed mind will cause you to see God as a taskmaster. Right? And even when you obey, you will not be willingly obeying. You know? You know how you just obey and you're just complaining and you're just saying, you know, I have to do this again. Oh, I have to go to church this morning. I have to pray. Oh, I have to give. Oh, I have to love. I have to forgive. Oh. And only new mind will see all these things as efforts that are difficult. But a renewed mind will see God's intent. Hallelujah. Will see prosperity. Will see peace. We see joy, and a renewed mind will just get it. And we not just obey God, but we obey God with joy and excitement. Praise the name of Jesus. That's why that old song is very true. The only way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. Only a renewed mind can do that. Hallelujah. Today we are going to continue. I titled today's message, The Big D. And the D simply stands for decision, not Dallas. Alright? Alright? The Big D, the Big Decision. Everything we talked about last week, two weeks ago, will not be relevant, will not be important unless we make one major decision in our life. Every one of us. And that decision is what the Bible captures here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And I love the way the writer put it. Because when you know something is so important and critical, you really put effort in communicating it. So it's as if he's really putting effort to really highlight how serious, how important what he's trying to say here. So Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy. Now, because we see how merciful God has been, God has been so merciful giving us his son Jesus Christ 
God has been so merciful, accepting us, inviting us into a life of peace, a life of prosperity, a life of abundance, and a life that will end with him in joy, in eternity. In view of God's mercy, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, he went on to talk about how to do that or the result of that. Do not conform to the pattern of this word in verse 2, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look at that. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then, did you get that? It is then you will be able to approve what is what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Now, it is only a renewed mind that can approve it. You see, your mind, as your mind goes through the day, your mind is approving or disapproving God's will. See, God's will is revealed to us. Most times, the issue of knowing it is not the problem, especially for people who are believers. Right? It is whether your mind agrees with it. The Bible says God's promises, they are in Him, that is in Christ, yea, right? And with us, amen. A renewed mind is able to say amen to God's promise. He's able to agree with it. So, God says yes, you say amen in your mind. So he's saying it's only a renewed mind that can approve what God's will is. And his will is good. His will is pleasing. His will is perfect. Look, what God's will for you is your perfect will. I mean, we can decide to use it for other things. But he always ends up in chaos. There's a way that seems right unto man, the proverb says, right? The end there is, is always ways of death. But God's will is perfect. But you know, you can use stuff for what they were not made of. You know, if you have a piece of table, you know, it's supposed to be a dining table or a chair to sit on. Most of us have used that table as a ladder, right? What a ladder will do, you just stand on the table, you change the bulb, Right? It's one day that the table twists and you fall down and you're like, wow. And you can, the funny thing about life is you can do that over and over again. And you forget that that table was meant for something else. In fact, in your mind, you think that table is meant to be climbed. How many times do we do that? Do we use something meant for or created for a purpose, for another purpose? And we can go on for 20 years and we can forget Sometimes our life is like that. We just, you know, we, we leave it outside of the will of God. And we can go on for so long and just begin to think, you know what, it doesn't really matter. Nothing has really, I've been using this table to climb for years and nothing has happened. What, what is someone talking about? The problem with that is, this is about eternity. It is about fulfillment. My prayer is you will not find out God's will after it is too late. Hallelujah. That's my prayer for you in Jesus' name. So, 
it says here. But I am I'm going to talk about this maybe more next week. I will go back to verse 1 to talk about what will make the renewal of the mind even a possibility. Something you can give a try or something that you can achieve. The reason why we don't really get to a place where we can do it is because we have not made the biggest decision. It's decision to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Usually, when we want to talk about salvation, we have a common saying. We say, when did you give your life to Christ? Isn't that what we say? We are someone, oh, I gave my life to Christ in, you know, 2005, 2006. But that is really a wrong description of what happened when we got saved. We did not have the ability to give our life to Christ. We didn't. We got saved because Christ gave his life to us. Right? All right. Christ gave his life to us. That's why we got saved. The only thing we did was to accept his life. Right? And put our faith in what he did. Believe it is for me. Then I am saved. I became born again the day I accepted Jesus offering or sacrifice for me. You did not give your life to Christ, but you, we did not have the ability to give anything to God. God did not need anything from you right? because you were not able to. Now, after you are saved, that is when you can now give in your life. Did you get what I'm talking about? It's only a saved person, and that is a conscious decision every believer must make. All right? Unfortunately, a lot of believers never really get to that place where they get to a place where theologians or Bible scholars will call consecration. You see, it's called consecration, where you now say, you know what? Wow, Jesus has given all to me so I can be saved. Or I now want to live my life for him completely. So that's what Apostle Paul is saying here. So he's directing this to people who are already saved. And he said, I urge you. Because it is only people who are saved that understand God's mercy. It is only because we are saved that we know that, wow, if Jesus did not do this, I will be a candidate for hell. I have no hope. Eternity is forever gone. Wow. What will I be? Now he did this for me. I want to live my life for him. Unfortunately, many believers... Don't get to that point. So, unless you have made that decision, you see, it's irrelevant. To be talking about renewal of mind, talking about our mindset, you know, you will, you will try to do it. You will be fired up. You will try to do it. But because you have not made the big decision, all those other smaller decisions, they are irrelevant. We are going on vacation. The biggest decision you make is where are we going? Right? You don't start planning what are we going to do, how are we, you know, the dress I'm going to pack. No. If you make a decision that we're going to Miami Beach or somewhere, then you know this is how I'm going to dress there, right? And this is what we can do there. 
This is what I need to bring. This is what. Those decisions are smaller decisions. Then you can make a decision. How do we get there? Do we drive? Do we fly? Do we, you know, how do we, you know, all those decisions, they are really smaller ones. But sometimes, and that's why today's message is so critical, because unless you have made those big decisions, it's irrelevant. My first two messages, as cute as they are, as interesting as they are, they will not necessarily benefit you over the long haul unless today's message becomes the center, the core that drives everything. Praise the name of Jesus. Now let's go to it. I'll talk about sacrifice. They offer yourself as a living sacrifice. That is an oxymoron by itself. Because sacrifice, you know, by the scripture, they are not living. They are dead. You don't offer, well, the time something is a sacrifice, it's already dead. So, so he's putting a twist here to say, I, you know, you're offering yourself. By nature, sacrifice is something that is consecrated to God. By nature, sacrifice is offered by somebody else. All right? Someone brings a sacrifice. A person brings a sacrifice. Right? So there is the object and the subject. There is the person bringing the sacrifice. And there is the sacrifice being brought. In fact, I want us to read a few scriptures uh, in the book of Leviticus to really show you this, how sacrifice works. In Leviticus chapter 1, you see how the scripture says, Now the Lord called Moses. This is where the Lord gave instructions about how sacrifice was supposed to be made in the Old Covenant. Now the Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering or sacrifice of livestock, of the herd of the flock. If his offering is a bond sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle meeting before the Lord. Let's go to verse 6 or verse the next one. Let's go to the next slide. Alright? Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering and it will be accepted on his behalf to make an atonement for him. He shall kill, did you see that? The bull before the Lord and the priest Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood of the, uh, all around the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So, that's how you offer. I, I have a few scriptures here. If you're going to go to verse 10. It says, If his offering is of the flock. Alright? There are different ones. There are some you use bulls, goats. There are some that you will use flock. Sheep or goats. As burnt sacrifice. He shall bring a meal without blemish. Verse 11. He shall kill it on the north side of the altar. Before the Lord and the priest Aaron, priest Aaron's son shall sprinkle his blood all around the altar, and he shall cut it into its pieces with his hair and his fat, and the priest shall lay them in order 
on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar. I think I have another one there. If you can go to the next. Do I have another one there? Oh, that's it. All right. Verse 14 and 15. If the burnt offering sacrifice to the Lord is of the birds. Now, these are scaled depending on how, what you can afford. Because the Lord gave them. So, if you can't afford, if you remember when Jesus was being consecrated, they offered doves. That's a sign that he was not from a rich family. All right? So, it's a sign. That, so, it's giving based on, you know, your income. If the offering is of the bird, then he shall bring his offering of turtle dough or young pigeon. The priest shall bring it to the altar and ring off his head. That's easy to kill, right? You just, you just ring off his head, the priest, you know, and bring it to the altar. Now, this is how you do sacrifice. By the time he's laying and he's being born and the the, the odor or the ashes is going to the Lord, right? And the blood is being spread around. It's already dead. So dead sacrifice don't struggle, right? It's already killed. Either they put a knife or they wring their neck. They are laying there. Alright? As many hours it takes to burn them, to do whatever they are doing to it. Sometimes they use their blood, they use their water, meat, as long it ta- as it takes, it is fine. Now, let's switch it now. How does a living sacrifice work? Now he's not dead, which is us now. He's now saying, he's using that analogy to say, you have to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. See, a living sacrifice is an act of will of the person. All right? It's a little more challenging because now you are alive. With what the Lord is doing to you, you are not necessarily happy. You can just walk away. Right? Just look at those animals. They just put them there. They are trying to do it. They just run away. They say, I can't do this anymore. But they have no choice. They are already dead. But you are living. We are living. So he's saying, offer yourself a living sacrifice. So, Make a conscious decision to consecrate your life to the Lord. To say, Lord, I am at your disposal. Do whatever you want to do with me. Many of us have not prayed that prayer. Have not genuinely come to that place where we say, God, I am yours. Yeah, we enjoy what is done for us, salvation, right? But we have not come to a place of consecration. And until you get there, until you make that big decision, it is very, it is impossible to really walk with God in any meaningful way. It is impossible to even talk about renew your mind. It is impossible to talk about discerning the will of God, approving the will of God, and fulfilling the will of God. Praise the name of Jesus. And he says, Holy. That's the next word used there. Holy means separated. Alright? Offer yourself as a living sacrifice holy. The word holy means separate. Separate. Consider yourself different. You see, when an animal is speak, it's first of all separated. 
So the process of bringing a sacrifice to the Lord is a rigorous process. You see, you don't just go and take any animal. Let's say you, you know, just go and just say, any animal that you find, how much is it? You pay, you go. No, 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 no. You must select. Without blemish, right? You cannot say, okay, just, so we're going to kill the sacrifice anyway, so it doesn't matter. You know, the cheapest one you have. You know, anyone whose leg, his leg is broken or whatever, you know, the cheap one, because really, at the end of the day, we're just killing it. God said, no, 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 no. It doesn't work out that way. I want the best. Is the one with no blemish, the one that is perfect, you know. So, even when we are presenting, presenting ourselves to him, we must be separate. We must recognize that there is certain sacredness to our life. Separate yourself. Come out from among them. Hallelujah. And accept your good work. Because God does not accept every sacrifice. He never did, even in the old covenant. He's very picky. God is very, very picky. If you present, remember, he did not accept the sacrifice of Cain, right? He did it. He accepted that of Abel. He has a habit of saying, you know what? If this doesn't meet my standard, I am not accepting it. So, make sure you are acceptable to him. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. This is very critical to a life of peace, a life of prosperity, a life, a life that will really be all that God want you to be. I have a feeling some of us here, God is separating you for a special purpose. And that might explain some of the things you are going through. You remember Jesus sent his disciples to go take that donkey. Alright? And he said he's tied. Right? So just go. He's tied to a tree. Alright? Just tell the master, I have need of you. Now, when, a, when an animal is tied, so you know that animal is limited, right? It's depending on the length of the, of the string, right? There's a certain circumference that an animal can play around, right? That animal, I'm sure, was just looking at other, and they're like, wow, they're just enjoying. I can't, I'm not free. I want to run around like every other one. Once you recognize that the animal is limited to the food that the master brings out, right? You can't just graze around, eat somebody else's corn, you know, or just eat anything that somebody, you know, what is just left on the streets. Sometimes God put us that through that process. When He limits what you can do, and you feel like this is this is tough. Why can't I just be like every other person around me? You know, why can't I just be as free 
Why can't I just be? Why is it that somehow is limiting me? I'm sure that animal, if he can think, thought that way, right? Just like, wow. He later found out it's because the Lord has made that Jesus eventually rolled on that donkey. Right? Jesus said, you know, you are worthy. You agreed to be tied, right? You were tied. You were separated. Now you are different. Now you are separate. Now you are sanctified. Now you are holy. You are different from all others. You have not been eating junk that they have been eating, right? You have not been just running around doing your thing. I have limited you for some time. Now it's time for you, for me to showcase you. And Jesus rode on that donkey. And, you know, Jesus did not even step on the leaves on the palm. It was the donkey that was stepping on the leaves. Right? People were hailing Jesus. They were hailing the donkey too, right? He was moving. I'm sure he was enjoying himself. Just riding. Just enjoying. Now we get to read about him. Not any of us. You know, sometimes the Lord puts us through that process in life. It's because he has need of us. It's because we are special to him. It might look inconvenient for some time. It might look like, wow, this straight and narrow, ah, it's too narrow. You know, it has to be straight and narrow way. It's too narrow. It's narrow because you are special. It's narrow because the Lord has a plan. It's narrow because the Lord has a purpose. It's narrow because you are being sanctified for a special use. Praise the name of Jesus. Until the biggest decision is made, all other decisions are irrelevant. They are are of no consequence. In fact, they will not last. All the other decisions of, you know, hearing God, knowing His will, renew our mind. Forget renewing your mind unless you have made that big decision. I'm praying that many people here will make that big decision. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, I will share practical ways to offer yourself. So what does it mean? What can I do? What does it mean to me in a practical way that I want to offer myself? I want to fulfill Romans 12.1, offer myself as a living sacrifice, or my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is my reasonable service. Now, before I go into that, you say, this is reasonable. Now, if you really think of it, it is logical. In fact, the word translated as reasonable in Greek is actually the word logical. The word is actually logical. In the, in the, in the, so it's logical. Is reasonable. That the Lord is not trying to do anything that is unreasonable. The Lord is not trying to destroy you. His plans for you, they are good plans. Alright? Your mind might be misinterpreting it. Right? And say, oh, you know, it's... No, 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 no. He said, it's logical. It's reasonable. Think about it. He delivered you. He saved you. Some of you, he has healed you. He has, he, but he has delivered you from the biggest threats to your life. Hell. 
to your existence. You, are, you see, no matter what, we are better off than anyone who is not saved. It doesn't matter what they have. Yeah, we are saved. We are sure that we are going to make it to heaven. How many years do we get to spend here? They are fortunate, 100. Even 100, they are praying that they should go. It's not fun anymore when you are 100. By the time you get to 100, it's not too much fun. Right? You are a baby, you are being poked here and there. You know, they are discussing you in the news as old people who are consuming all our health care. Your liability. Children are wondering what who is going to watch great grandpa at home today. <laughs> they want to they want to leave. Hallelujah. It's gone. But eternity is huge. It's huge. And by the grace of Jesus Christ, by what he did on the cross of Calvary. We have a part with him in eternity. I think we should praise him for that. We should give him all glory. We should give him all honor. If you think about that, praise and worship is easy. All right? You're not down. You think about that, you can wake up and say, Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, we take the next step, which is offering ourselves. Practical ways to do that. Number one is prayer of consecration. You see, as a believer, you must regularly offer yourself. Because you are living, it means you have to remind yourself. And that prayer is more to remind yourself than to remind God. God wants you. That's why he, he, he wants you. He wants you to be ease. He's a jealous God. He doesn't like to share you with anybody. He doesn't want to. He wants you to be ease. He wants you to fulfill the purpose where, I mean, the purpose he created you for. And that is why as a regular part of your prayer, daily, weekly, however you want to steadily, there must be a continuous offering of your body. There must be a daily or weekly, however you want to do it, saying, God, I am yours. Have me totally. I sanctify myself to you. I release myself to you. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. Do whatever you want to do. Let your will be done in my life. I mean, we must always offer ourselves. We must always, we must incorporate that. That is really, that's worship. That's worship. I mean, that's, that, is the total, that is the total ultimate worship. Isn't that what he said? That is true and proper worship. The biggest worship God is looking for is you. And that's why most powerful worship songs eventually take you to a place where you offer yourself. You say, this is me. Lord, you have me. I am abandoned. My life is not my own. 
you made me. Lord, I want to live this life. Whatever you want to do, please do in me. A believer who really, really wants to enjoy prosperity must constantly offer themselves to the Lord. Hallelujah. Submit yourself to him. Whatever he asks for you, look, it's good. His plan for you, they are good. They are not evil. Praise the name of Jesus. Number two, learn to trust and obey him no matter how difficult it is. You know, we all go through phases in life. You're going to go through phases when it's difficult. Seems difficult to please God, to the flesh. You're going to go through phases of life when choosing to obey God will be difficult. All right? But learn it. I say learn because it's something we must learn. God is going to test you. Make sure you always say, you know, even if you fail one, you're going to say, God, please give me another exam. And you know God is good. He wants us to pass. God is not setting you for failure. Even if you have made mistakes, you are really aware. You say, oh, you know I'm here where I am because I've made a lot of mistakes. You can say, God, how about a do-over? God is a God of do-over. And I see him giving many people here a do-over in the name of Jesus. Because he wants us to learn to trust and obey him no matter how difficult it is. You're going to find yourself. Maybe it's giving. God is going to test you. You know, it's easy to give when everything is fine, right? There's excess. You know, there's excess in your paycheck. You're making six figures. Yeah, it's easy. And you have a lot of excess. You can write your tithe. And just say, Abraham, blessings are mine. Just dance. And just be excited. But there are times, the Bible says, they that are sowing tears. Why are they sowing in tears? It's difficult. There are times you are just giving that offering. You are like, oh, this hurts. It's easy to love everybody when they are nice to you, right? They're all nice, everybody's saying kumbaya, everybody's loving on you, everybody's respecting you, everybody's treating you nice. Now, if someone doesn't treat you nice, you're still to love, right? That's difficult. You're like, do I have to? But determine, all right, to trust. You see, you trust what he says, and that's important. The word trust is so critical to obedience. I trust because I am not doing it because of maybe the other person, because of the circumstance, because the Lord says so. Right? He says so. I just, I just love my wife because he tells me. That's all. All right? I just love her. I just honor every other person. I just love on people because he tells me so. Not because I think they deserve it. I think I'm going to get anything out of it. No. I am just generous because he wants me to be generous. And I trust that generosity is what he wants. I keep myself pure because I trust that when I do it, I honor him. I, I just, I'm not trying to look at any other person. I'm not trying to say, oh, other people, you know, he fits the curve, the bell curve. You know, I tabulate it, it works. No, it's irrelevant. I trust what he says. And I obey. Praise the name of Jesus. Number three, 
practice sacrifice yourself. Practice sacrifice. The more you practice it, the easier it becomes. Don't just do whatever is convenient for you. There are many of you here. Sunday is convenient, you come. You don't do any other thing. That's the Christianity of convenience. Was it convenient for Jesus to die for you? You think it was fun? It wasn't. In fact, he wanted to escape it. At some point, he said, you know what? Lord, let this cup pass over me. So, it cost him to save you. Let it cost you something. David said, I will not give the Lord what, what cost me nothing. I won't offer God a sacrifice that does not cost me. If you are not going out of your way in any way to obey God, you are probably not obeying Him. If you are not going out of your way to serve Him, oh, is the day you sleep at 8 p.m. on Saturday night that you make it to church at 10 a.m.? If your sleep time past 10 p.m., oh, I have to make up that sleep. I, I'm not going to church today. That's, a, that's, a, that's Christianity of convenience. And God doesn't do that. You must practice sacrifice. Sacrifice with other people, right? Some of us only help others when things are good for us. You have so much excess, you're so convenient, that's when you help. You only pick up people when they're on your way. And they are not on your way. You say, no, I'm not. I can't, I can't waste my gas and be doing some detour. You know, those practice sacrifice in everything you do. Sacrifice to one another. Some couple can sacrifice for each other. It's whatever works. It won't last. It is going out of your way for each other. So practice it. And lastly, determine to be and to do your best for him. Say, Lord, I am going to be my best. Because a sacrifice is the best. They don't pick animal that is not the best, right? You see, when we're ready, without blemish, clean, prim, proper, that is what the Lord wants. Are you worshiping Him? Why don't you give Him the best of your worship? Why do you come to church? Why do you worship other things than you worship God? Some of us can worship the God of NBA, soccer, the God of those things, more than we can worship God. We are so excited. We are so... You think they are quiet. You think they don't talk until you... They are in front of big screen TV. And they are oh, yeah, yes! I didn't know you can be this excited. And they come to church. They are like, oh, I don't... They are, they are looking at their... Right? I don't want to ruffle myself. I don't want people to see that I'm really... No, no, no. Give him your best of worship. Give him your best of your time. Worship the Lord with all your, what do you say? Strength, right? With all your might. With all your soul, with all your mind, with all your thoughts. Put everything into it. You see, each word of those, those songs is meaningful. Follow it with your mind. Right? When you worship, worship with all your mind. Do your best. When you give, give the best you can give. Right? When you love, love the best. When you serve, give him the best. Whatever you sign up to do, if you're a worker, do it. Do the best. Don't be mindless. Don't just 
scribble things and do it the way, you know, so, you know, this church. You know if you do like that at work, they will fire you. Do you want God to fire you? I mean, God's firing is, is not a joke. God can fire too. He can determine to say, you know what, I'm going to remove you out of here and bring somebody. You know the guy, one of the parables of Jesus, was boasting, I have this, I've made, oh, where am I? God said, you know what, I'm going to take you out of this earth today. Be afraid of someone that can kill both soul and spirit. Why are you afraid of people who can just, you know, they can only fire you. They can't determine your future. But many of us, you will do anything. You'll get into car accident, rushing, just to get to work early, right? People, you know, you wake up early, you do whatever you need to do just to do it. But when it comes to God, no, you know, you do, no, give him your best. That's how to daily offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Unless you do that, unless there's that attitude, every other thing we're talking about will not be relevant. It is my prayer that this word, this word will be rooted in your heart. This word will be our lifestyle. The Lord will take this word and implant it on our spirit, on our heart, and make this word our experience. So that we will truly and truly become a living sacrifice that is holy, that is acceptable, that can eventually truly discern God's will, live in God's will, and enjoy ultimate prosperity in the precious name of Jesus. While our eyes are closed, if you are here, you have not given your life to Jesus. You have not even taken the first step. Right? Of really putting your total faith in Christ Jesus. You cannot say, I am a born again child of God. All eyes are closed. I want to lift up your hands. I'd like to pray for you. If anyone ever. Thank you. There's one person here. Please raise it well. Let me just raise it well, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think I have another person in front here. Make sure you raise it. Any other person? Thank you. God bless you. I have another person. Any other one in the house? You want to give your life to Jesus? Put your Alright? You want to affect what Jesus did for you. You see, Jesus paid the price. Put that hands on your chest. Sir, put it on your chest. And just say, thank you, Jesus. I want you to say after me. For your death on the cross of Calvary. For paying the sacrifice for me. So that I can receive eternal life. Today, I accept it. I believe your death on the cross, your burial is because of me. And I accept it today. I thank you for it. Today I'm a child of God. From today on, I will begin to please God. I begin to live in harmony with Him. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Can we put our hands together and honor God? Amen. Amen.